to enter a nexus of science, violence, and nonsense. Where fake news, pseudoscience, and weaponized stupidity meet full contact fact-checking and peer-reviewed ass-kicking. And as always, no bullshit allowed. Recorded live at Mosquito Headquarters in Austin, Texas. This is the Art of Fighting BS podcast. Brain chips in the trick. Chocolate lines up planetarily with the sun. Necessarily rewarding. You are fake news. Come on, man. Science is interesting. If you don't agree, you can fuck off. Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, from a formerly super secret location on the outskirts of Austin, Texas, this is the very next episode of the official Art of Fighting BS podcast. I am your subcompetent guest, Sub Messenger. This episode starring Ross, Neat, JNP, Good evening, and our very special guest host, uh, Goatsy. Goatsy! Sure. Brian Brushwood, you know him from such magical shows as Scam School. Yeah. And The Modern Rogue. Yeah. And Great Night. Yeah. And Night Attack. Wait, can we say that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And mm, I can't remember the other one. It's, it, uh, it's doesn't like, matter. It's you like already won. Things. You, you got the most. Congratulations. Yeah. You won. Yeah. I give you the keys, and then we fly around in an elevator, and I tell you the factory is yours. Oh, shit. Yeah, we used to joke about coming from a secret, you know, compound in Texas, and this is literally a fucking... Well, I think it's still in our intro. I think it's still in our audio. Uh, No, no, we replaced that with, like, clips of people saying things. No, you said... Yeah, whatever. I don't think that matters. So we would blur out locations on maps, and we would blur out like uh, uh, driver's licenses and all that stuff and kind of knew it's like anybody who wants to find us can find us right yeah. no big deal uh but then finally i got an email from somebody that says hey haha i gotcha i know exactly <laughs> who you are you're oh dear uh it looks like you're posted on google maps and you have three five-star reviews <laughs> congratulations uh so 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 it's like we're not hard to find we're just not ready to have guests. Yeah. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Mr. Brushwood. Yeah. Let's talk about how you got into kind of the magic and the, the, the parts of magic that are, you know, easily exposed or, or used to manipulate people, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, 23 years ago, I quit my day jo- job, decided I was going to do magic full time. Uh, didn't really know where stuff was headed, but uh, I definitely had a failed television pilot and then from that anger the angst came the idea of uh well what if i just started teaching magic right and and it it was a confusing time for the world where ain't nobody had rules about whether or not you could or couldn't do anything basically so uh 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 yeah started up a scam school that was uh what seven first seven years and then seven more years, uh, here, here we are now, instead of being at the bar doing magic scams at the bars and on the street, now I'm hanging out with my 13-year-old daughter, which is not at all a thing that I thought was going to happen. You know, and it's been, so I have two daughters that are in performing arts, and it's been really fantastic to watch. And so, you know, because uh, COVID, 
Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, it's been really fantastic to watch her develop as a performer over the last year and a half. You can really tell that she's she's up in her game and, and uh, you know really getting into it. Is that something that you think that she's going to stay with? I hope so. The truth is that what I love the most is that she very clearly likes magic but doesn't love it. And I don't know why I have this belief, but for some reason, at a very core level, I feel like great magicians like magic but don't love it. Like, like magic just happens to be the vehicle by which they tell their story. So uh, has that been a bonding experience for you and your daughter doing the show together like that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, and, and plus also like uh, the question came up among the other kids like, uh, yeah, hey, how come I'm not doing this or whatever? Uh, and the answer is, is because uh, because she hits her mark. She redelivers on time. We get through the shoot in the <laughs> smallest amount of time. Nice. How many takes does that usually end up being on average? <laughs> One. One? Oh, awesome. <laughs> it's magic. Yeah, nice. yeah, just uh, magic is such a, a intrinsic part of the, the broader skeptics movement, and it, it always has been, all the way back to Houdini calling bullshit on people. And so I, I've always found it fascinating because the magic is, on its surface, you're deceiving people, at, at least their senses. And the best magicians uh, have always said, okay, you, this is a trick. You know this is a trick. I'm tricking you. Uh, guys like you know the the pen and tellers and the even the the amazing Randy back in the day, so I, that that's it's fascinating because the people that are most qualified to call bullshit are the ones that are masters of bullshit. So it's 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 amazing. I've always been fascinated about. Can that. I ask you three what is it about the word skeptic uh, skeptic or skepticism that drew you into this clubhouse uh, where you now occupy? Start with you instead start with me um i think it goes back to uh my earliest days uh in religious education for me i think that's really where it started um where you know it's like well it's just words in a book right like you know okay so you you painted a thing on a wall or something you've got a cross there or whatever that doesn't prove anything right so you're telling me I need to believe, but you're giving me nothing to go on other than words in a book. So I think from my perspective, it started when I was a young teenager, probably. Yeah, me, me kind of similar too. I had a, like, my, my mom went crazy evangelical for a minute, and I am also a highly disagreeable person in general. Like, I, I've tested this on, you know, the, those are the big five categories in psychological, <laughs> psychometric shit. So I, I'm... Those two things combined to me <clears throat> to produce a, a an innate skepticism for the things that are presented to you as fact. And so I, I went through a period of like self exploration with blah blah blah, you know, hand motions here um, about figuring out what what was true, what wasn't, to the best of my ability as a fourteen year old kid living in like rural Texas. So and there wasn't much out there, but eventually I stumbled into hey, um, like critical thinking those sorts of things and uh carl sagan's demon haunted world and like that that vein it just opened up a, a whole world of seeing through nonsense and thinking critically so that that became intrinsic to my own identity well and the th 
three of you guys uh, swam in waters that were rife with, with all kinds of chicanery and nonsensicalness, right? Um, uh, what was the moment that you clarified, that you clearly defined uh, inbounds, out-of-bounds? Like, I believe this, I don't want to believe that. Uh, well, for me, I, <clears throat> the way I frame it, the way I present it to people is I don't believe anything because a belief is something you hold as true in the absence of evidence and people act on their beliefs. I, I guess epistemically humble is the $10 word for that. But if I don't know something, I don't know it. Uh, I will operate as with the best of my knowledge, but I won't believe something. I was like, if something is out there and I don't know enough about the subject, I'm not going to act as if I do, because that's when you start getting into propagating the bullshit yourself. So. So an interesting thing about Bullshito and the website is that it attracts the, the, a lot of the, the members that endure, like we attract a lot of members, but a lot of them, you know, fade out pretty quickly. Um, but of the, those that stick around, there's a kind of a contrarian and anti-authority thread that tends to run through a lot of our personality. And I think skepticism arises kind of... <clears throat> almost codependently of that, right? Like it's, it's part of it. It's, it's the other side or, or part of the mirror, mirror reflecting. So, I mean, for me, I can point out, you know, I grew up, my dad has always been a scientific skeptic. My mom, not so much after the divorce, she got into a bunch of new age stuff that really made my brother and I go like, Oh my God, please, you know, no more crystals, no more. But I read the Illuminati trilogy at like 20 years old. I think, 22 i was home on leave from the service and i remember like you know it's three o'clock in the morning and they're like every single conspiracy theory i've ever heard of they're knitting them all together and i'm just like oh my god it's all true it's all true freaking out right just completely leaving all the skepticism behind and then literally like 40 pages later they're doing a book review of the book making fun of the book in the book right kind of a kind of this what now would be termed meta, but right. just kind of a poking fun, not only at themselves, but at you for believing all that. And it's kind of like, I had that kind of light bulb moment. And for me, it's generally, you dumbass, why didn't you see that earlier? Right? So that was, that was the moment where I fully committed to skepticism in my life. And was just like, I got to see it. I got to, you know, I got to see some support. It's not necessarily my own eyes, but I got, you know, maybe the double blind placebo type study where, okay, that's, that's credible. Right? So, but, but meanwhile, all three of you guys come from a uh, martial arts background, right? Uh, a physical engagement. Yeah. And, and, and I would imagine that's a world that is rife with uh, yeah, very simple answers to complicated questions. Uh, but it doesn't sound like it was any kind of hands-on experience that really triggered your skepticism. Am I right? No, on because that? we brought that attitude towards the the project of of Bullshito. So uh, it started out as a, a platform to call bullshit on specifically the martial arts, and we expanded, you know, over to what we're doing now. Fraud and fraud in the martial arts. Fraud and claim claims. It's like you say you can do this. The the thing about the martial arts, it's so easy that. If you make a claim, we can prove it reasonably without a lot of difficult. It's like, and the, the claim is usually I can fight or I can do this in a fight. And it's not hard to test that claim and to, to put it up. I mean, we didn't need the, what was it, Randy's million dollar challenge. We, we had the, 
you know, 20, $20 dojo mat fee challenge where you show up and, hey, let's try and do this. Or the throwdowns, right. But, like, if, if, if I'm putting my head in the right spot, I'm picturing, uh, I don't know, those, those, those gurus who are convinced that they could wave their hands and everybody yes. falls down instantly, that kind of thing. Yes. We had a couple guys from Australia uh, back in the day. There was an organization called Yellow Bamboo that said that they could stop an attacker with their, their chi and, you know, they... They're like couple couple dudes like hey we'll we'll test this so they they set up and they that was the one on the beach right the one on the beach they dictated the, the scenario that you had to run at them for some reason you couldn't just stand in there and punch them in the face you had to run at them and then uh, try to attack them and they still got punched in the face so they got mowed down and then punched in the face yeah, technically so I would imagine there's some kind of transition between uh, having su success in in figuring out like okay if everybody in the martial arts circuits is full of BS. And, and again and again and again, we do these tests and we see it. Uh, maybe we should expand the circle. Like, what is that moment like? Uh, it, started, it started slowly because uh, we, we kind of worked ourselves out of a job to an extent. I mean, we can't take complete credit for, for all of it because it, it paired. We were a couple of years ahead of the curve, but the UFC took off in popularity which allowed people to see, oh, hey, this is what a fight looks like. Uh, it's not dudes doing flips and spin kicks and, you know, jumping off the rafters. I mean, which looks amazing in the movies, but in person, no, that's not how people fight. Right. So, so, so not, not to overstep my balance, because I certainly don't know, but as I understood it, the UFC was originally envisioned as pretty much blood sport, the movie made, made real. Like every type of fighting all up against each other, Let's see who the best one is. And, and it turns out very quickly, they figure out, oh, it's BJJ. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. I mean, it's not like they used the octagon for their fighting ring. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like that was in the movie. Oh, wait yeah. a minute. It wasn't an original idea, but they... Uh, there I was some other stuff. I mean, there was, there was an exhibition match between um, who was the boxer and uh, Judo Jean LaBelle in like the 50s right so where it was judo versus boxing there was stuff and in in brazil particularly where bjj came from there had been the valley tudo stuff that had gone on for decades right so there was a very long tradition it just wasn't mainstream and the big difference is is you know king of the cage and some of the smaller uh, productions kind of laid the groundwork for the ufc and then horian got some major investors to Horry back yeah horian gracie got some major investors to put it on like in the national spotlight on and on a pay-per-view event and that's really where kind of that you know what the mixed martial arts was and and how different martial arts you know stacked up against each other i mean it Ken, was so who was that guy named jenim ken jenim oh he uh, was a ninja he said he was a ninja, right? Keith, uh, Keith, Keith Hackney. No, he was no, Keith Hackney. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, the Jinnum guy. But that guy actually punched some dudes Who's out for? saying that he was a ninja, right? But, I mean, it turns out that he trained a bunch of stuff and he just decided he, he, he liked. Yeah, he, he, was, was, a he was a cop. That had beat up people in real life. So, uh, right? No, that was USC 3 when Hoist Gracie got. Yeah, see, like, the first ones of those are so bad that the announcers well, themselves like, are mispronouncing yeah, the martial arts. Right. Like one guy called so, it judo. In my imagination, and you could correct this, uh, in my imagination, you guys are young enough that you're watching this and you feel like you're about to see uh, a new dawning of a new era. And instead you're like, this looks like some hot BS. 
that I'm looking at. And, 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 and what, what, what snaps inside of you guys? Well, Hoist Gracie, I mean, his whole style of fighting back in the day was boring as hell. And the, the fans booed and like people that didn't know about it would boo. He would hold on to somebody until they made a mistake and then choke them or get, get an arm and, you know. I mean, it still that. is. I mean, jujitsu is a very technical sport that you, you don't really, unless you know what's going on, it doesn't make a lot of sense to watch it as a spectator sport. Yeah, I would say wrestling has mostly, to, to your thing about BJJ, I think wrestling and, and, and just cross-training in various grappling styles is kind of, BJJ is not the darling anymore, especially with Khabib Nurmagomedov, right, and, and the Sambo uh, stuff, which is, it's all, I mean, BJJ is basically just judo, right? And, and uh, I know a lot of BJJ guys hate that, but I'm sorry. And that's a that's a, a nod to uh, Gazir, who was on a, a previous podcast just recently, because uh, he's the one that coined the term basically just judo. But it's just it provided a vehicle for people to see like a kind of a practical laboratory. Right. And I don't for me, it wasn't this major uh, epiphany or, rev, or revelation or anything. It was just like, hey, that looks interesting, you know, because I didn't. I saw the UFC, what was it, 90? 93 was the first one. Yeah, so I think I saw the first couple, but I didn't actually start training the BJJ stuff until 2000, right? So it wasn't like it was a big epiphany. It was just, you know, I came from a wrestling tradition and all that originally, so it was like an extension of that, and it's not the airy-fairy stuff. I wasn't in, interested in the what I think of as airy-fairy stuff, right? Stuff where you're just doing forms without any kind of actual contact, right? So... At some point, you see something. I, I'm assuming, this is totally me projecting, but I'm assuming for each of the three of you, at some point, you see something that happens in the octagon that you're like, hmm, I don't know. Like, 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 do you guys know that one moment for each of you? I had it in real life. I didn't have it in the octagon. It w in real life, well, what was it? I had this guy that, you know, claimed he was a kung fu fighter and, and everybody was all scared of him and intimidated. And I mean, I, you know, I got to be honest, I was scared and intimidated, too, because I didn't know what he could do. But, you know, he, he put his hands on this this girl um, and, you know, I, I had white knight syndrome pretty bad. And um, so we squared off in front and he did his like little kung fu well, okay, he did his form and all that, and he, he did a, a series of, ex, you know, warm-up exercises, and I was like, oh, damn, I'm about to get, you know, karate chopped into, forgive the conflation of martial arts there, sorry, Japan, but um, so I, I was all intimidated, and then, but then he did his sim, and I'm like, are you ready? He's like, I'm ready, and I did my wrestler double leg, picked him up, slammed him down on the ground, and then just was, you know, punched him until I'm like, okay, I think I might be done, so it was more, and that happened a, a couple times with me where, uh, and not that I sought out fights because I did not, but there were things where, you know, things would happen and, and I would maybe for ego or maybe I was trying to defend somebody and I would get into it. And what I found is, is that wrestling worked really well against all these guys that said they were karateka or kung fu or aikido or whatever. Right. And it wasn't like it was amazing. I just picked dudes up with a single or double leg threw him down, got on top of him in what is now known as the mount position, and, you know, punched him in the face until they were done. Right. Now, the really funny thing about that was by the time I was, like, 22 and I was in the Marine Corps, I thought I could fight. Like, I thought I was a badass, right? Because I, you know, gone up against several dudes, and I got my ass beat against three dudes one time, but it was three dudes, right? So I thought I was tough shit. So 
I went to this party and we, me and this guy got into it and it, it was stupid. It was just a bunch of ego. It was like, not like he did anything. And I'm like, I was like, do you want to go outside? And he goes, yes. And it was very gentlemanly. We went outside and I tried to do my, my, you know, pick him up, slam him out. And this dude stuffed my shot with a wrestling move called a sprawl, popped off, got off to the side, one, two, popped to my face. Right. That went on for a couple minutes until God love him. He's like, are, 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 do you want to stop? And I'm like, no, <laughs> sir, no. Sir, would you like to continue? And then yes, so no. <laughs> I put up with it. I did. It happened a couple more times. I've told this. I mean, these guys have probably heard the story. I, and you know, it went on for a few more minutes. And he's like, well, would you like to stop now? I'm like, yes, yes. I think I'm done. <laughs> so this guy and he, God love him. He leisurely kicked my ass, right? Leisurely kicked my ass. And what I found from that time was. No, you don't know how to fight. You just never ran into anybody that actually did know how to fight. Right. This guy could do wrestling like I did, but he could also do boxing. So what you need to know to fight in today's world to be a, is there's three ranges, right? Stand up, there's the clinch throwing, and then there's the ground. You need to know all three ranges to be a complete fighter. And if you know one, even it doesn't matter how good you know it, right? Like I'm the world's greatest BJJ guy. Well, how's that going to do you any good if you can't get him down to the ground? Right. And, right? So... That's the point is you, you got to, it's not, there's not one martial art now. It really is. You have to know this blend. You have to know a combination. And even if you're really good at one, if you don't, if you're lacking in the others, somebody out there that's better well-rounded is going to kick your butt. So there's a word that almost never I hear associated with uh, combat and that's skepticism. And, and, and you guys have embraced the fusion of these two words. How did that happen? Like, like, like how did, how did that genesis of, of, a, of a realization that, oh, wait, no, 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 we have to look at everything holistically and understand what's BS and what's not. It really just came from the overlap of the, the like I said, the innate skepticism that I had when we started the site with a handful of people and then it just got bigger and bigger. But it was so, so much of a natural pairing that if you say you can do something, then they're, they're the whole point of martial arts is doing something and that something is fighting. So once you strip away all the, the costumes and the traditions and the cultural aspects and everything the rituals. else, it's, it's just whether or not you can kick somebody's ass. And there's not, so then there's not, it doesn't mean you're going to have a, a, be a person of high character. There's some dudes that are some really, really good fighters and they are not people of high character. There are also some guys that are amazing fighters and can't teach. Right? So, a lot of people's conceptions that, you know, if you get to this degree of skill level at fighting, you're a good person or you're a good teacher. That does not necessarily follow. Yeah, we had to strip that out. We had to, we had to actually go through and like deconstruct the entire martial arts in the first few years of doing this. It was like, no, a lot of that's just marketing. A lot of it comes from like, even Bruce Lee was, was guilty of this, of, you know, positioning things as with like a little pseudo mysticism and like some Orientalism is uh, I guess what the term would be now. Uh, and exploiting what people thought of the exotic and this and the, the fantastical. So uh, along that line, like what are the core tenets of, of, of what's in-game and out of bounds uh, for you guys? Like, do you have a list of things where it's like, we always are on this side of this kind of issue, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, not really. Wing Chun. Well, well <laughs> with specific martial arts, yeah, we have, we have a couple punching bags that we like to make fun of, but I that's mean, just because it's Yeah, it's fun. a really broad, broad, I mean, so... Like we, we, we believe like you should not, if you're an instructor, you should not have a relationship with your student. Right. I mean, there are some things and that, that goes just period. So, um, and, but bottom line is, is can you fight? I mean, back in the old days is 
can you take what you've learned wherever you've learned it and actually use it in a, a real life situation, right? And not necessarily in a real fight. Maybe it's in a controlled sparring environment where you like there's no eye gouging or you know fish hooking stuff, right? But you agree upon the rules. And then you see if you can take what you learned and use it against someone who's fully resisting, right? Not cooperative. So that's some of the uh, Matt Thornton did this thing, and we used to reference it all the time. Time, and he did this whole thing from Straight Blast Gym about aliveness, and it was just you know you the teaching methodology, right? You you learn it, you drill it, you you watch it, then you practice it. But then at some point you were sparring in an unscripted manner. I don't know what you're going to do. You don't know what I'm going to do within a defined rule set, right? Not no holds barred, right? I'm not going to go and pick up the ladder and put you over the head during, right. you know, <clears throat> grappling practice, right? But that you can execute these moves against a fully resisting uh, uh, opponent in an unscripted environment. Those are kind of the core tenet. So does that build in you, and this is pure speculation on my part, but, but does that build in you the ability to watch other people spar and sort of have a BS detector that goes off at, at various moments. Within the skill set that you are skilled at, yes. But if, like, I don't know that much about, like, you know, knife and blade work, right? So I can see if someone's doing this, running at somebody with their eyes closed on the knife. Okay, that person's probably not a very good knife. But as far as, like, you know, it, it depends on the, do I know enough about that core art to be an accurate judge? Uh, like you don't talk about stuff you don't know about. You don't presume to judge about stuff you don't know about. That's another part of skepticism, right? Yeah. The, the negative aspect of skepticism. Daniel so, Lane. I, I, I don't want to just hog the whole conversation. No, no, I have no, so no. many conversations, so many questions. Uh, one Once of again, he's being, interviewing us. Like, no, let's say, let, let's say you're beginning your path uh, down learning any kind of martial art. Uh, uh, what are some flags that you should look out for? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a of fees yeah yes there's, there's first of all the the mcdojo cult is, leader we started out as mcdojo.com until mcdonald's ip lawyers came after us um, ah. um yeah so bullshito was our second choice um but yeah so the just squeezing you for every penny you're worth or in mo a lot of cases your mom and dad for every penny they're worth and we had an old meme was like uh, congratulations here's your black belt because your mom's check cashed uh, so or check clear, yeah. That in the the kind of cult of personality that develops among a lot of instructors, where like it's you know you are supposed to follow them unquestioningly, blindly, right? That's a huge red flag where you're not allowed to question. Yeah. If you go into if you go into a dojo or a gym and you know they have all of these slogans on the wall, that's kind of a red flag. Blind obedience to the instructor. Yeah. So, but but. To some degree, I would imagine, and maybe maybe this is me falling prey to the exact impulse that they're trying to do, uh, I, I would imagine that blind obedience would be a way to, uh, I don't know, in my imagination, uh, uh, to activate the, the no-thinking, just-doing stuff. Um, yeah, as a as a student, you're learning from an instructor who is supposedly a, an expert, but it, it's outside of the scope of do, mastering that technique or that approach. You know, the guy says, okay, put your wrist here and move your arm that way. Okay. But don't follow his stock market tips. Yeah. But yeah, it's like it, you need to always 
you know, always strike first, for example, to do, be Cobra Kai here. Right. You know, that, that kind of thing. It's like when they start get going off technique and into life other coaching, aspects of your life yeah it's like no I'm, I'm paying you to teach me how to fight because ultimately that's the thing that a lot of people miss they they want to have that kind of old school kung fu relationship with their instructor where it's it's kind of like you just you know they're kind of like a mentor or a guide in your life right listen you were paying that person to provide you a service okay if you're not at the shaolin temple and haven't taken vows and dedicated your life you are paying that person to provide a service. That does not mean that they get to control any aspect of your life. That means they should instruct you on what you are paying them to teach you. Yeah, you're hopping but, in a minivan and going back I mean, home. I've had an instructor right. tell, you know, a, a student, no, you don't need to get that second hip replaced. You should just take my Miracle St. John's oil cure, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not okay. That's the part that I'm most interested in because I would imagine that while you're in the game of uh, a martial arts, you discover chicanery. But along that line, it's like if you want to keep on going on busting chicanery, you kind of have to educate yourself on what is and is not chicanery. What what does that part of your journey look like? Um, well, I mean, I, I'm a medical laboratory scientist, so I, you know, I I am like like. And essentially, at my core, I look for, is there, are, what are the sources? What, what's the evidence for this thing? I, and a lot of people, I realize that people do that intrinsically. And again, because the martial arts has a <laughs> falsification method, you can, I can falsify whether or not you can kick my ass. You know, your, your null hypothesis is, is, uh, is rejected, that kind of thing. So we, um, and we, gravitated towards that and then expanded on it. And those, as people came through the community, we had some, I mean, we've had brilliant people come through. We've had mathematicians, we have all sorts of scientists, just like a host of uh, scholars and things that just piled in because it was a natural fit for that. To, and we were, we were rowdy. It was a rowdy bunch of skeptics that we were just, I mean, you, the rules on the forums are, we're basically, you know, nothing illegal. Uh, nothing is going to get somebody fired from if it shows up on their computer. At work. No doxing somebody. Yeah, and so. But if you said it, if you typed it, you needed to be able to prove it or back it up, right? That's the thing, right? And we had the to the extent that we would have the throwdowns where we would get together, and you know, you've been talking about how tough you are for months. Well, let's see how tough you are, right? Right. And there were some guys that turned out, yeah, that dude's really tough, and there were some other dudes that turns out. Not, so, not much. so much, right? Yeah. But it was that empirical, the belief in, in empiricism, and, and Neil, to his credit, sorry, informed it from day one, right, is that, you know, prove it, uh, let's, let's, let's have an empirical approach, your story is an anecdote, just kind of from a, from a skeptic, scientific skeptic standpoint, and that informed it from day one, and that attracted a lot of you know, knowledgeable people that were kind of naturally. Because skeptic. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, people uh, back in the days, forums were huge. Uh, when we started this, forums were that were social media. There was nothing else, and a lot of little niche communities, uh, some bigger than others, and ours picked up a, a big following. The martial arts because we were devoid of all that honestly cringy bullshit that is infested in the martial arts. You know, map martial arts yeah. planet was one of the ones. Uh, not to derail, but um, there one of the mods over there is now a uh, like. Hardcore, awesome dude has his own uh, podcast called Decoding the Gurus, and he goes after um, uh, Chris Cavanaugh. 
he's one of two people on the podcast. They go after like quacks and cranks and, and dudes that are um, within the academic sphere that are promoting all this, like, this nonsense theories, like, like the Brett Weinsteins and the, you know, the ivermectin pushers. And that. So I, I, I'm going to guess that I'm not too far afield if I were to, to speculate that, uh, that martial arts in particular would be rife with uh, charlatans, pe uh, people who are just telling you stories they heard from other people about other stories. Uh, 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 number one, was that the case? And, and if two, how did you guys decide to take that on? It, it absolutely is the case. And, and one of the reasons for that is because, and it's super attractive to, to males, uh, and I'm gonna get a little Evo psych here, but uh, one of the driving things behind why anybody does anything is, uh, especially guys, is a pursuit of respect, status, and prestige. And the martial arts are a vector for a lot of guys that cannot necessarily find that in their personal lives or maybe their own accomplishments or their careers or something like that. So here's an alternative route that, you know, comes sideways and it's very, there's little oversight, there's little regulation, there's little, um, there, there are no agencies that oversee, you know, whether this, there's a bunch of, you know, organizations that people make up, but uh, there, there's a way to, you can basically start your own school and call yourself a seventh degree black belt and, you know, grandmaster. And yeah, so there's, so that's, that's what is super attractive to these guys. And yeah, and so we realized that, look, there's a lot of this shit going on. It's a real easy way to call them out. So let's let's what do are the, What we used to call them, the belt factories? Or yeah, the, black belt factories. But also the organizations where, you, you know, I'll give you a black belt in this and you give me a black yes, belt in yeah, that. Yeah, the, the whole swap. Almost like diploma yeah. mills for, for colleges. So, so let me, I, I'm going to couch this question in a way that sounds more challenging than I mean for it to be. Like, where's the money? In a world where uh, the money seems to be keep on making belts of whatever color you want, keep on making uh, ladders for people to climb, uh, what drives you guys to do the exact opposite of that? <laughs> Well, the money definitely isn't there. Um, <laughs> no, you don't do it for the money. We, yeah, you definitely do. That is not. I can say that is the the, the ones who make all the money is the ones who charge all the fees and the cult right. personality, right? You and there are, right? I mean, you have all the stations and all and, yeah. and, and, and after guys so many months, you ascend to right. millions a, of dollars. You yeah. go to this exclusive uh, what is it, seminar, and then you got to pay extra for this and all that secret knowledge. Yeah, I think um, you know you're a Scientologist. You. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you do. You don't do it about the money. You do it for very specifically. Was trying not to say the S word. I mean, but you're right. We're doing we're doing the Diogenes thing here, right? Seeking out the truth. With we're, the, yeah, we're, the yeah. there's there's like no money because God knows there's no money. In we it. used to run ads to support the the site and the stuff that we do. We don't even do that anymore. Uh, it basically, you know, gets paid for out of the a trickle of donations here or there. You know, we have an upgraded membership on the forums. It's sometimes Neil has to watch the street, walk the streets. It's it's tough. Yeah, my uh, well, well, so fans account. So <laughs> in the, I mean, now there's no sex. Uh, uh, yeah. So so in that world, uh, where do you put your efforts? Uh, like like is it is, is it so, patronage? Or? So we've uh, well, I mean, to raise we're, money. We're talking for for money. Yeah, yeah we're talking about doing. We're the we're standing things. up a five hundred one c three. We're going to do it as a nonprofit. It's it's been we've been screwing around, but you know, COVID. So that, that's my excuse for everything. Um, so I mean, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna solicit donations and like get you know hopefully get more 
stuff going on so that you know we we can invest i have a full-time job I, we all have full-time jobs this is a a not full-time job but in a way that does take up a similar amount of time per week um so yeah it, it's a it's an existential purpose thing it's a labor of love it is not a financial pursuit yeah there's but along the way i have to imagine if you're attracting like-minded individuals uh i mean there's got to be like some kind of yearly event you guys do that everybody comes in for we recently used to have um events well meet up in person we call them throwdowns and the, the central part of that was you know punching each other in the face uh, in a respectful and you know amicable environment um did somebody describe bullshito as the world's largest fight club and, yep and you know so that was that was fun and we we did those for about for 13 years or so actively and then everybody kind of got a little bit older so you know as people and and, and to be honest i mean chat forums as they exist or existed kind of lost out to like the instagrams and the facebook's and all that right things right. definitely changed so um but yeah i don't think uh, i think the world kind of moved on to a certain extent right so uh, if, if we were to describe to folks the core tenets of, of, of Bullshitu, like, like, like things you believe at your heart of hearts, uh, uh, what would they be? Uh, don't claim something that you can't back up. Uh, the whole put up or shut up thing. Is right. Like, uh, that's fine. And don't that's claim expertise. That's the skepticism angle. Yeah, yeah. Don't claim expertise that you haven't earned. Don't believe anything that somebody just tells you. Nullius and Verba. Get, get your uh, empirical evidence. Yeah. Fact-based. I mean, science. you. it's pretty much just James Randi form type stuff. I mean, there's a reason. Yeah, but with the physical side. there, And that's exactly what informed us from, from day one, right? That was the get-go. So that's the, that's the number one thing. You need to be able to prove what you say yeah. is the core of, of whether it's your, your fighting prowess or you're academic, you know? Yeah. Like, if you, you don't get tagged on the site unless you've been checked out, vetted. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so where is the number one place people can go to support you guys and, and encourage everything you're doing? I never even started up a Patreon. <laughs> we have none. Okay. <laughs> yes. we, we have a... We'll, we'll, we'll have a marketing meeting after yeah, this. Yeah, no, I mean... <laughs> That's I, fine. I, I'm awful at this. And I, I honestly, I, I hate dealing with money. Uh, we, we, every now and then we'll sell t-shirts or something, but... We, we don't make a problem. We kind of suck at that part of it. I just, I mean, yeah, we, we got, we got merch, but it, we clear maybe a dollar off of each thing and it just goes back and So the you're merch. evolving in that regard. You're developing. We're ascetic monks. What are you talking about? Yeah, We've chosen a path of <laughs> enlightenment, free okay, of the so curse of money. Wherever people are in the United States, where is the first place they should go if they want to encounter other people who are ready to embrace the Bullshito aesthetic. That would be our Bullshito.net. Yeah, Bullshito.net's the site and the forums are, you know, a, a lovely, what is a wretched hive of scum and villainy, but they're... Well, know, a lot of people go and they see the articles, but they never realize that the forums exist, right? And they'll go and read a couple of, of articles. Uh, but, I mean, the community of individuals, and, I mean, it's a lot smaller than it used to be. And there are some that are less productive than others, let's say that. But, I mean, if you want to see it, it's, it's the old school community, the ghost of it anyway, is on Bullshito, the Bullshito.net forums. And we've even had some of the older... Yeah, we have, we have some old school guy people come through, right? And we've got some entertaining people and we've got some interesting people. Yeah, it's like yeah. The, the Friends reunion without all the uh, plastic surgery. It's, 
That's pretty cool. So you or do money. realize that, like, all I want to do now is go back and revisit the last 30, 40, 50, 60 years <laughs> of all of these BS claims and just sit around and do a, a series of podcasts where we attempt to replicate their nonsense. Let's and, do it. We'll, we can get we'll it, expert yeah. in all that. Okay. All right. Done. Done. We still have the old forums up uh, from that started in 2002, and it goes all the way back there. So there's, what's that, uh, 100,000 threads? Like yeah, I think a million it's, and a half it's more posts. than that. It's, it's so awesome. when The I, investigation it, when, ones are generally the ones that are, are you know. Those are productive. And, and we were, so we, oh, we, got we had areas of the sites where you could just BS, right? But the investigation forum, that, that was serious, right? You were not yeah, allowed to. Yeah, we had serious to, business and a lot of shit posting, and we had a. We had them separated out. Too. So, uh, and we dude, still do to some uh, to some degree. So, like you know, if you want to talk shit, you could do it over here. Yeah, we have a subforum called Shido Posting because I mean, used to be Troll Shido. <laughs> I've heard nothing that does not make me want to immediately move uh, into oh, full time. Shit, this is amazing. There's the, what? What about the, the story where uh, <laughs> Jimmy Wales from Wikipedia um, in, got himself personally involved in a feud between us and Ashita Kim, the Ninja Master? And personally banned Ashita Kim's account himself for harassment. That 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 is a thing that happened, dude. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, there's. Uh, yeah. Oh, it, one of our uh, guys actually uh, put up the ten thousand dollars to fight Ashita Kim and, and help prove that he was a fraud because uh, Mr. Davies, the actual gentleman, was like, "Nah, no thanks." Hell's yeah. I mean, we, we, uh, we'll put a link to that right in the show notes. We gotta, uh, we gotta dig up that old thread, but gentlemen. Yeah, uh, where should everybody go to support you to the best of their ability? Uh, on, on the forums, you can get an upgraded membership. It's a couple bucks a month. It's kind of like Reddit that has their thing where you know you just chip in. Um, yeah, go to bullshito.net and there's a, a contributing Honestly, supporting member. Click on forums and then click upgrade. I don't give a shit about the money. I mean, I. I Pay, pay, Clearly, pay for this look at the way you're dressed. But participate. Just you know, I mean, engage and do your your part. And this is the, the you know, this is going to sound preachy. That's what we really actually want. Is we want to program you to be a skeptic and go out into the world and engage in critical thinking. And you know, don't take the meme that you see for granted as gospel, right? Yeah. I mean, that's really what we want. We're we're not so interested in making money. But once again, look at the way we're dressed. Um, so. Well, it is Austin. I mean, you know, it is Austin. So, but yeah, it, really, the 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 core mission is is to is to kind of spread the gospel of of skepticism and critical thinking. Guys, not wait to do an episode on skeptical combat. Yep. Yeah, I know that'd be great. There's so much bullshit that's out there. Yeah, we can dig dig up the old videos of uh, people at throwdowns and that that kind of thing. It, terrible quality because that was pre YouTube days. Uh, people recording it for We should actually have a real Bushido throwdown. I don't know if we take the time to get like something more impressive.